it seems that the original intent of the work in which I set out to do has been blazed irrelevant by the workings of individuals that comprehend at some level but don't fully comprehend uh, the extent of the work in which I set out to do but comprehend at the level that the work in which I intend or the work that I set out or outlined to do results in a shift of influence uh, in that shift of influence these individuals have conspired to uh, set themselves up to receive the benefit the, the full benefit of the, that shift of influence they deemed themselves uh, not only worthy but deserving because of their positioning in life it reminds me of a tragedy uh, th that I was listening to recently called the MLK tapes now the MLK tapes are a series of recordings or listenings that detail the conspiracy the very intricate conspiracy to assassinate Dr. Martin Luther King. Now, I don't compare myself nor my work to that of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King uh, because comparison is foolish. But the tragedy it reminds me of And comparison is foolish because it recognizes only at a base level the similarities and differences, uh, the perceived similarities and differences from one set of experiences to the next. And uh, it leaves out the fine details of, a, of an experience so it can only remind or it can only remind the, tra the tragedy of the MLK tapes aren't only the intricate planned thought out attempt and carrying out of the assassination of a historical leader who set out to I use the words or the phrase make right very lightly the situations and circumstances that we as blacks in America found ourselves in 
in the 1960s. The tragedy isn't just that tragedy. It's the tragedy that the intricate planning at some level had to be known by members of the black community. Uh, the details. For instance, uh, one of the many details that it mentioned was that uh, the station house, the fire station where the uh, it evidence uh, would point out uh, that Dr. Martin Luther King's bullet came from the rooftop. Uh, the black the two black firemen in that fire station were removed from duty uh, the day of Dr. Martin Luther King's assassination the one black police officer who was in and around the same firehouse was called away that very same day The, and that those are only uh, a few of the many fine details of the conspiracy that was the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. The tragedy, the tragedy uh, however, is the complacency. The complicity, the complicit complacency of the black community after that sad day. And I understand that blacks in America find ourselves in or have found ourselves in a precarious predicament when it comes to the catalog of injustice that have been brought against us or that we've had to live out and experience. But one has to, at one level, realize and grapple with how one's everyday interaction with this reality either contributes or takes away from that catalog of, of oppression. For instance, uh, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, wasn't very, was not liked in his time, as most change makers are. But at some level, the leaders of uh, his day had to at least agree 
with the need for change, if not the methods of change. What both Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. as well as Malcolm X experienced was a casing house within the black community, a ceiling, if you will, a confine, if you will, a structure, if you will, that kept in place that system of oppression. This structure was uh, easy to see or is easy to see in slavery times. Perhaps it's the most compelling reason why slavery no longer exists or had to be changed. Because at a very base and real level, one could see the system, how individuals were kept in place, how individuals were uh, confined to the levels of incarceration without the means of physical shackles. There is this uh, very famous letter called the Willie Lynch letter. Uh, And in the letter, uh, it talks about how to make basically a slave. uh, I pause and hesitate because Carter G. Woodson, the founder of Black History Month, Uh, has a similar quote that parallels to the letter. And it talks about it. The quote says, if you control the way a man thinks, that man, uh, you don't need to uh, tell that man to come in through the back door. That man will make a back door for himself. Uh, that control, that system of oppression, that structure, that glass casing house that we live and we find ourselves, that system that we find ourselves in today is a controlling of the minds of leadership within the black community. At a level it says that I know things are rough I know you've had it bad I know you've had a bad go at life but at least you have a status within life and if things change that status those luxuries those uh pleasures, those enjoyments that you currently enjoy in life may change also. You may not have them once they change. 
what that does is keeps into play or keeps into place a system of overseers outlined all throughout the black community. Now those overseers don't have the physical constraints uh, on individuals within the black community but they have jurisdiction and there are they are reinforced by an ideology that attacks the free nigger an ideology that reinforces that the most dangerous thing to an overseer's liberties pleasures enjoyments freedoms is a free nigger when one comes to grips with the confines of our incarceration one has to consider the ideologies which have historically kept us incarcerated. When one does this, one takes a step towards liberty, a step towards freedom, but also a step towards danger. At best, a society is held intact by the moral agreements the psychological reasonings the common motivations that binds one to another when one breaches that one becomes a threat not only to the established life but to the individual agreements that we've all have made that holds us in place in this reality we call life.